And we're gonna do just like a natural drop in again. Oh shoot! <laughs> yeah, we gotta do it for Josh. We gotta yeah. we gotta try and become more normal. Last week was rough. I haven't listened back to it because I forgot that I have to post today, and this is a good reminder. <laughs> but um, it's gonna be rough, I'm sure. Yeah, we got like it's weird because it. It doesn't even feel like we were high-horsing. It just feels like we were giving, like, our opinions very, very strongly. Like, right at the top of the episode. Like, yeah, no one came why? in safe. Why? <laughs> and even, like, all this week, I've been researching more stuff on NFTs and blockchains and stuff. And I'm getting... <laughs> I'm dr- starting to drink the Kool-Aid. And I'm like, should I just delete everything I said last week? Because I might be changing my mind. I Not that quickly. I do think they're still pretty bad. But, man. Man, this world is changing faster than my opinions can keep up with. And I feel like <laughs> an idiot for all the things we said. And I feel like we should just talk about something that's not as controversial this week. Um, I was thinking about leading with how bad at accents we are. <laughs> But that's a bad oh. thing to lead with, maybe, also. <laughs> I like that. We were just saying how sometimes we can't not say things in accents, but we have terrible accents. Yeah. I, we're terrible at faking accents. Yeah, we can pretty much only do our own accents, which is like a southwestern U.S. accent from our homeland. Of the Southwest U.S. Yeah, <laughs> just like everybody else in the world, I perceive myself as not having an accent, except for <laughs> the very occasional word where I think back on it and realize that I said that in a very odd way. Like, I remember distinctly when I first came to Japan, and I still had more of an accent, I think. And occasionally I would say, ah, instead of I. And I was like, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of Southern of you. That's adorable. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I say, I know for a fact, because I had friends who used to tease me about it. I say the word, but, very strangely, when I'm not focusing on how I'm saying it. Like, conversationally, I'll say, like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I've never noticed that. There's like a W that sneaks in there. What? I was saying crayon this morning, and I couldn't say it normally. I could only say crayon, (laughs) which is very (laughs) Utah. Yeah. My dad says the word ambulance like ambulance. Have I told, have I said that on this podcast? Because it's one of my favorite things ever. I do make fun of him for it. Um, Thank you. That is a service to the community because you can't say. (laughs) Am- ambulance? What is it? Ambulance. <laughs> okay, no. Illegal. Straight to jail. <laughs> he was born in Beaver, Utah and lived there for a, a while before he was <laughs> taken to his hometown where, uh, well, my hometown. His second home. Town. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's pretty bad. He, I notice that my accent, my Southern Utah accent, gets a lot stronger when I'm talking to my dad. As soon as Aww. I don't say ambulance, I will say that much. <laughs> I do get a very strong Southern Utah accent when I'm talking to my dad. That's really sweet, though. You just that natural mimicry that comes between people and their relationship. Oh, I like that. I don't know anybody that I do that with. Uh, I feel like you and I don't do that with accents, but we really feed into each other's inability to avoid saying the words like and um. (laughs) I think we do that with a lot of words. We will get on a kick of a specific word for a few months at a time, and then it will just be every third word that we say. And I think we did that more often when we hung out, when we were actually together all the time. Oh my gosh. Yes, we did that. It was probably unbearable. 
so often when we uh, hung out every day and one of us would pick up a word, just, you know, like a casual slang word usually or a commonly said word. I'm trying to think of a really good example and I can't right now, but there were so many good examples that it's frustrating that I can't think of any. Um, right? What was a really popular term in... Oh, I remember we used to say nailed it and mailed it all the time. Oh my god. We used to say nailed it and mailed it constantly to each other. Why did we say that? I can only remember getting the car. Getting the car. Getting the car. That was when we decided to pick each other's accents up. And for some reason, we spent four, three days in Disneyland obsessively speaking in a terrible Boston accent. A very poorly done Boston accent. There is a reason that weapons aren't allowed in Disneyland, and it is purely (laughs) because obnoxious teenagers try out their worst accents for three days straight, and we would have gotten stabbed if if weapons were in the park. And it would have been fair. We would have still been found guilty in court of being the most annoying humans. <laughs> he would have said it was justified. Your stabbing was justified because those accents were awful. Oh, yeah. That was fun, though. Nailed it and mailed it is a little bit cringe. I'm trying to think of any other ones. There were so many. There were there for so sure many. so many. Just wait until you pick up how often I'm saying essentially, and then maybe we can both rot in essentially hell together. <laughs> I'm sorry to have put you there. It's as long as we've got each other, I'm cool with it. But yeah, I think I pick up on them less now, and you pick up my dumb stuff a lot less now. Because we're not sitting around together most of the day, every day. Just, we still find each other very funny, but also in our uh, later 20s, we're capable of acknowledging that I don't have to take the things you say and repeat them to be funny. I'm very, I'm a lot better at that now. I'm not, I don't think I'm at that point, but (laughs) I do think we just only talk once a week now, so it's harder to repeat all the things you say all the time especially because when we do talk we're on air so it's it feels a little more cringy to just repeat your jokes back to you if other people have to listen to them like that's not comedy you're just really sucking up to Raquel there (laughs) yeah 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 I do that's our friendship though I was in a one-on-one with my supervisor the other day, and uh, she mentioned that I'm very good at not filling the space that other people are talking about. You know, that thing where someone will be talking, and I we actually do this a lot, so I was surprised when she said I was good at it. Like, being a very affirmative listener, where you go, mm, yes, mm-hmm while someone is talking and confirm what they're saying, essentially, or make general noises in the background. And she was like, you don't ever do that when I'm when myself or other people are speaking and you're unmuted in in these Zoom sessions. And she said that that's a really cool quality. That's very good. Uh, it's and I said, thank you. I'm a podcaster. And it's taken a really long time to learn how to not be the loudest person constantly while someone else is talking. That is blowing my mind because that is just such a cultural difference. It's almost like frustrating to hear where I'm like, that's not a good or a bad thing. It's just something people do or they don't do. Where here in Japan, it's way more respectful to make noises as someone's talking. And it's something that I think I'm really bad at here. And then I listen to the podcast and I feel like I'm interrupting you all the time by going, yeah, right, uh-huh. And I try and take them out. So hopefully our listeners aren't like, this is unbearable. Emily, stop making noises while Raquel is talking. <laughs> but I think it's something that I don't do enough of here in Japan because you're supposed to. That's part of 
the act of active listening here, like culturally, it's perceived as rude if you're just silently listening. But I think, yeah, in America, it's generally perceived as more respectful to silently listen. Yeah, it is a That's big crazy. cultural difference. Yeah. I, I don't need to be offended over that, but it's frustrating to be like, that's good of you. It's like, no, yeah. no, that's unfair to say, because what if you had an employee from a different country and they were doing that? Would you still be like, that's good of you? Or would you be like, hey, that's, I don't know. How would you, I want to know how your manager would broach that. Yeah. I Maybe the secret Maybe my true secret behind that, too, also is, and this isn't good. This is very bad. It's not even cultural. It's just having ADHD. I forget to listen sometimes. I I actually have to actively listen in a way that I am actively... It's hard. It's so hard because there's so many coping mechanisms you have to weave in there. Because if you think too hard about the coping mechanism, like, say, for example what you've chosen to use as your this will keep me engaged in this conversation is watching, you know, their mouth or making a certain type of eye contact or, you know, just you pick a thing that you think will help. And sometimes it doesn't because sometimes you think too hard about doing that thing because you think that that thing is the active listening. It is not it, but you forget. So that's so funny. I love that it was like, um, no, ma'am, I'm not active listening. Sometimes it's the opposite. I'm actually just not listening at all. <laughs> that is so funny. I'm very proud of you for knowing the things that you need to do to help yourself actively listen and that you're genuinely trying. Because, yeah, it does sound like it's really hard to focus while someone's talking. And that's amazing that you were like, I realize that, and there's things I need to do to try harder. That's really hard, Raquel. Good for you. And thank you. I have not mastered it in the uh, housekeeping at the end of every podcast, because I cannot remember the last time I did not forget to listen during the housekeeping part of every single podcast episode we've done. <laughs> I mean, at least you do it at the end. I do it right at the top where I zone out while I myself am saying the intro (laughs) and then I just hope it's coming out because it's on autopilot, right? It shouldn't mess up. (laughs) But if I zone back in at all, I mess up the autopilot and ruin our intro, which is right at the top of the show. What a bad time to do that. What are we doing? Uh, yeah, every week. Every week I also lose track of sentences. Uh, here's a weird ADHD thing, and then I swear we can actually talk about the episode. I Sorry, I commandeered that we'll say this one last thing, and it's my thing. <laughs> and, then- <laughs> and then shut up, Emily, because we're going in. I mean, no, it's Dr. Romantic. We can go in pretty soon. Let's hear what you have to say, though. Uh, I cannot... I think I have almost certainly said this on the podcast. I can't spell out loud very well. Mm-hmm. Usually, if a word is about five or six letters or longer, uh, probably six letters or longer, I can't do it. I cannot do it. I think that's ADHD related. I might just be a stupid person, <laughs> to be honest. I don't know if it's either, but I understand what you mean. I could see how it could be an ADHD thing where your brain's just I, like, I have too many letters to keep track of at this point. I'm going to start thinking about all the things I have to do later. Yeah, or I'll forget about what the last letter I said was, or I'll, my brain will, I'll be halfway through the word and I'll think, oh, did I say U or A? <laughs> and then, like, what was the vowel I said there? A? E? I can't remember. And then, back but to then. the top. Let's go all same, the way back. Yep, saying that in my brain, already my mouth has been moving, and I don't remember what letter I'm on at this point, so. (laughs) (laughs) You do the autopilot for spelling, but then Mm -hmm. you keep trying to turn the autopilot off. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, we can jump in. This... This section of small talk that we're going to get better at every week, we swear to God, guys. 
<laughs> it's for you. It's for all of you. But mostly, it's for Josh. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. Um, <laughs> we'll jump into the show now, though. Welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K drama, we watch it, what, three episodes at a time, and then we get <laughs> together here every week to talk about it. Yep, this uh, this week we watched episodes four, five, and six of Dr. Romantic one. <laughs> I'm gonna maybe say that every time. <laughs> I can't remember if I said it last time, though. <laughs> to be honest. I think so. It, I don't think anyone would guess that we would start with season two, but just to be clear, it is <laughs> one. I think that, that these episodes were maybe the most so far. We're only six episodes into this, I believe, 21 episode, which is why we're doing three at a time K-drama. I think these this second set of three... Uh, was even more rife with just rampant illegal medical care and no <sighs> one following the rules, but also people pointing out that there are rules to be followed and then just completely tossing them out the window. It is the Wild West out here. There is no such thing as HIPAA. There is no such thing as medical laws. There is no such thing as consent. There is no such thing as a doctor. You don't have to be, you don't even have to go to school to be a doctor, to be honest. You just have to be willing to do anything to save the patient's life. That's it. That's the rules. It's the wild, wild west, and we're saving lives because if things did go wrong, it would fall apart very quickly. If anybody died in this hospital, it would all fall apart. Yeah, all of the justi justification we've been using to break the law would crumble beneath us, and so would our careers, and so would our lives, and so would our entire financial standing in the world because of all of the suing that would happen. <laughs> I'm just addicted to the the drama of it all. I know that I'm just a stupid potato that needs the adrenaline rush, but I love especially the storyline with Doin Bum, like, just jumping in and being like, I'll do the surgery, and you're like, you should not do that. And he's like, do we have any other choice? Like, I mean, I guess just letting the guy die does seem bad, so... I'm here for the drama. Get in those scrubs, dude. And he's like, literally, this is the most illegal thing on the planet. But then it serves the story. It's not just some dumb little hiccup. It's his ticket to being sent to Doldom Hospital. And it's not just him. He shows up with a whole team of people. And it's like, I, I'm so excited by how how topsy-turvy things are gonna get. Let's just mess it up all over the place, break those rules, serve only the storyline, and not yourselves. That's all I want. I'm here for it. Yeah, and and definitely not the patients. Storylines only. <laughs> we'll go storyline first, then patients, then rules. Rules at the very bottom. Yeah. They are tertiary to everything else. Uh, I... It's interesting because I actually have some complicated feelings on him doing the procedure, right? Because from what I know, doctors can do doctoring outside of the hospital, right? Like if you have a medical license, it's not uncommon to maybe you need to travel to a different hospital. Some people go to different hospitals. This actually seems like one of those situations where it's like, uh, there is a primary hospital and then the secondary hospital, but technically they're under the same, I don't know. Administration? Yeah. 
Maybe. Yeah. It's hard to like, say. We don't know anything. I think you guys have figured that out if you've ever listened to Play on K before. <laughs> we don't know anything, and that's hard. But is this not another scenario of a phone call could fix this? Yeah, right? A quick phone call to the main hospital to check some credentials. Or maybe uh, maybe he has some kind of... Maybe it's not on him, I don't know. But some kind of ID card from the main hospital, the big one in Seoul, that this secondary, smaller, more rural hospital would identify as, yes, we're under... It's kind of... So my the best I have is... So I live in New Mexico right now, right? And there's two mm-hmm. major healthcare provider entities. There's Presbyterian and then there's New Mexico Uni- UNM, uh, University of New Mexico, And there's hospitals under each of those, and I think that you can practice, like, like if I was a doctor at one UNM hospital, I could reasonably say, this is my UNM hospital ID that says that I'm a doctor, and you can call this one for my records or whatever, right? Uh, Yeah. So, phone call could fix this situation. There's, There's option A. Option B, uh, there's not I don't know if these are options so much as uh, I'm losing track of what I'm saying, but just (laughs) how much I don't mind that he stepped in. It's just the method of just that shooting from the hip, we do what we want, devil may care (laughs) attitude about it, where there are actual procedures that could be followed to make sure that maybe me in real life, Raquel doesn't walk into a hospital and say, I'm a medical doctor, I'll do the surgery. And then do the surgery and not be a medical doctor, right? Like, we know that he's a medical doctor. So we were like, yeah, that is the best option for this patient that cannot wait however long it's going to take Dr. Kong to get there. But it seems like there could be a fax system where they're like, okay, main hospital, send us the paperwork that says you're going to do, you're going to do like an express transfer of this dude's like ability to operate in another hospital boom they send the paperwork over everyone signs it there's 14 signatures on it that say this dude can operate in this other hospital it took one fax 10 minutes to get done and that guy's in surgery it seems like there's got to be a system for that especially at this rural hospital in the middle of nowhere. But yeah, it's weird that there's just nothing and they're like, our only option is to let a strange man operate on this patient or let the patient die. Like, those are our two options. Let this stranger cut him open (laughs) or just let or just watch him die. Both seem bad, but I guess we could at least try. When are we going to put it on the orderly to make the call? Like, is that not, is that not official? Is she not officially an orderly? Because again, we all know that she's a registered doctor, but if she's on staff at this hospital as an orderly, yeah, why is she giving orders to everybody? Why is everyone looking at her and waiting for her to give the order? I feel like that nurse is super capable, so if she gave some orders then we could, but she doesn't. She lets the person who's an orderly, who she knows is an orderly, and on incredibly thin ice. I guess later we kind of find out it's going according to her plan, because she's like, she's a smart cookie, she's figuring things out. Wherein the, uh, wherein Dr. Master Kim is out here saying stuff like, um, wow, she really stood up to me. My, it, she really stood up to me in my double standards. Uh, and so I guess it's all by design, right? Where the nurse could take over, but she doesn't because she's gambling with the lives of patients to let, <laughs> to let the others have their chance. Yeah. 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 It's nice in TV land, but it does seem like maybe the head nurse was the most senior member of staff in that scenario and probably should have made a decision but it's fine i'm here for the drama that man lived and that's all that matters we did it i thought you were going to say 
that these three episodes thus far were most full of trauma and just rife with horrifying scenes of people's lives being destroyed. Because, wow, the kitchen fire and then the tractor accident and the biggest one, the bike accident. Oh, my God. Can we call out (laughs) the world's worst comedic timing by having this horrifying bike accident and then a push-in shot of the man who felt like he was supposed to keep all these bikers safe with his whistle in the back and he's just looking at the devastation and all of his dead friends and then they're like, you're an orderly! That is not the transition we needed at that time. No, That made me nauseous mad. Yeah, they missed the mark on that one. They did not, they thought, how can we break up this tension? And then they said, let's do a bad job. Let's do a really bad job of it. We didn't even circle back to the bicyclists for like 15 minutes. Why not just start with the orderly thing and then go through the hospital scenes they were great. They were fine in their own right. But we don't want to have those cyclists in the back of our mind the whole time. Yep. I hated it. I yeah. Maybe I'm just... It's Guys, it's my time of the month. And last week I <laughs> cried very hard when that old couple lost their son. This week I just completely lost it at the kitchen fire and the bicycle scene. I was devastated. I was beside myself, so sad. I think this show does a really good job of showing how people's friends and their coworkers care so much about them and watch them go through these experiences and how that's affecting the people in their lives. The, the patients have friends and family who matter to them. They're not just patients, they're people, right? And this show does a great job of showing that. But it also does a really bad job of, I don't know, just being like, remember that? Hold that? That's for you? And we're back to the show. And I'm like, no! I don't care about Dr. Teacher Kim anymore. I don't care about the romance that might or might not happen right now. I care about these bicycle people. Pull me back to that. Yeah. Yeah, they just, I think... They anticipate me caring way more about these people's relationships than I do. (laughs) So when they present a much more compelling storyline of other people being hurt, I am 100% more interested in that. And that's why it gets so frustrating watching the the decades-long internal struggles that we watch them go through in the middle of someone dying. Yeah. They have the scenes post kitchen fire. We like pick up the show seeing what Dr. Kim went through that night trying to save these chef boys who he knew so well and the head chef being so traumatized, worried about these people. And then we have to watch the two doctors Yoon So-jung and Kang Dong-ju. We have to watch these two idiots try and save Yoon So-jung's job. And I'm like, I don't care about her job at all right now. I care about the trauma this chef has just been through. And I feel like you're really building that up. You're telling me to care about that. And then you're trying to use that energy to build into Yoon So-jung's trauma and what she's going through. But, like, that feels like a distraction. That almost feels cruel when she's like, Dr. Kim, I just want my job so bad. And he's like, I just saw people burning alive in a fire. I was in the fire 14 minutes ago. I don't know how he can operate right now, let alone even think about your thing, my guy. Right? And no one... Everyone in this, it's tough because I want to see them form this little found family where they all really like each other and they care about each other or whatever. I just, I just don't care what, the pacing of the show makes me not care. I don't care. Yeah. I just, 
I'm not saying the show is not well-paced. It is not well-paced for me to care about them and their lives and their relationships because there's always a massive trauma. I I will say the closest I ever got to caring is how buck wild it is that there was a situation where there wasn't a single acting surgeon <laughs> in the hospital at the same time. But I was also grateful that that was resolved as next time you make sure I'm here. And if I'm not, uh, like, Don't or be. essentially, like, I'll do the same. Because yeah. the hypocrisy of him not picking up his phone for hours but still being mad would have been too much for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that was really well resolved for something that seemed like a minor problem when they were both in the moment, just being like, I'm going to go do my own thing. I assume the other doctor's there and then not checking their phone. I'm sure felt like a minor thing until the consequences of that were huge. And yeah, I liked that the resolution was like, okay, both of us, that's that's on us. That's on the two of us. We are entirely at fault here. Let's just get a better system for next time. So, <laughs> oh, that was actually nice, Dr. Kim. I thought you'd go overboard with this, and I'd be mad at you for that. Yeah. I think that a big thing, though, is that, that it is still a little weird that the system is, will you just check, instead of the system being... Here's the scheduled on-call times for the surgeons, <laughs> and then if they need that on-call time covered by the other surgeon, then they reach out. It's not like there's a scheduled on-call surgery time. It's that it's always on-call surgery time, but just double-check before you try to make it not on-call surgery time. <laughs> this hospital has no rules. How would, how would they operate within the, those parameters? A schedule? Yeah, right. Not gonna happen. Kondonju is just gonna work four days in a row, just doing constant surgeries and running around and meetings. It's the way this hospital works. I, I love it. I think, yeah, this is the second time around, this show is a little more jarring and like you said, it feels like a pacing thing. Maybe we got too much with Hospital Playlist. This Now this feels like round one. This feels like the beta test that existed so that Hospital Playlist could fly. They're like, yeah. we want all the drama. We want all the tension, all the heartbreak of hospital life. And then all the drama behind the scenes of doctors being real people and having their own struggles. But Hospital Playlist knew that you had to have two-hour episodes to do that. <laughs> you just needed a lot more time. And this show is like, it's just the condensed version. And it feels brilliant, but not quite right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels like, like you said, the first try, where the comedic timing isn't perfect like it was in Hospital Playlist, and the drama feels a little overdone compared to Hospital Playlist. Hospital Playlist was amazing because it was dramatic, and they still made sure it felt like slice of life, and I think it's because instead of putting... It's like, it's like the hospital and the doctor's lives were their own characters, and they were not the primary focus. The primary focus was, was the the patients and the medical stuff, but they did it in such a perfect way that it felt like, even though that was the primary focus, it was woven, I don't know, perfectly. It was seamless. They did it seamlessly. And this one has the seams. We can see all of the seams. They're right there. <laughs> it's fine. They're great. It's a well, it's a well sewn together job. It's maybe just like a different style where the seams are, maybe it's like that like that purposefully inside out where you can see all these seams or something. I don't know. This is, I, I'm making the, the uh, metaphor super weird now. It's really falling <laughs> apart coming off the rails. <laughs> it's falling apart. Just like the shirt with the inside out seams that you can see perfectly. <laughs> just like the show. We nailed it. This is <laughs> the best metaphor. You guys get it. I think 
We don't usually like to compare shows at Play on K, mostly because there's the expectation that you haven't watched every show that we've watched, and we're dumb and we don't want to spoil anything on accident, which we totally could, so we try to avoid talking about other shows or making comparisons, but it's really hard when we just finished Hospital Playlist, and I feel like the strongest points of Hospital Playlist are also the strongest points of Dr. Romantic. There just is something missing in Dr. Romantic. There's something off about it. And, like, I'm grateful. I'm so proud that somebody took all the ideas of this amazing show and kind of made it even better in Hospital Playlist a few years later. But it, yeah, just know going forward that I love Dr. Romantic with all of my heart but I will probably trash it throughout our review because it's not perfect. It's Mm-mm. really good, but it's a little bit off. It's a little bit iffy in sections, and that's those are the sections I'm going to talk about. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we're going to bring them out. We're going to... It's what we do. It's what we it's do what we here do. is we, uh, in a very amateur way... <laughs> we bring out the things that need to be talked about. Okay. That's how we get better and better shows. We are the reason the hospital playlist exists. <laughs> it was us all along. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I do have something that I need to bring to the table. We need to put it on, on, the, on the table. Yeah. Uh, new fear. New fear. Being hospital murdered... Due to hospital politics, literally just being a murder victim that no one ever knows was murdered because of hospital politics and them needing someone to be murdered on the table, on the surgery table, and then blame a doctor who didn't do it because (laughs) hospital politics. What? (laughs) What? Yeah, I feel like in my memory that storyline was so much clearer, but rewatching it, I was like, wait a second. I guess I don't get it. So you could have just given her medicine and she would have gotten better, or you could do this high risk surgery that might make her better. And so you were like, high risk, high reward. Let's have this doctor give it a shot. And if it fails, we'll just blame the other doctor. I am not clear on what's happening, and why did she die? Yeah, did she need the su- I don't think she need- based on what Dr. Kim said, she did not need the surgery. And he- yeah. she never needed the surgery, but he was scrubbed in, almost like he was planning on doing the surgery, but they had rescheduled it or something, and he just walked in on it and was very surprised by it, which yeah. I don't understand much either that he gets there and it's almost like he was expecting there to be a surgery that he was doing happening. I originally thought that was going to be the case is that he was supposed to do the surgery and then they scheduled it for the other guy and the other guy couldn't make the cut. No pun intended. Was it not intended? Was it not intended? (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's what I, I guess that makes sense to be like, that we don't need the surgery, but it will make her a lot better, a lot faster if we just give it a shot. And maybe Dr. Kim was like, well, if we don't need it, then maybe we shouldn't do it and we should just try medicine. But they eventually talked him into it. And then an hour before the surgery, they were like, actually... This other doctor should do it, because if he does it successfully, he can get a promotion. And if he does it unsuccessfully, we can just pin it on Dr. Booyongju, was his name? Probably that. Booyongju, yeah. Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. We have to fill in so many blanks. It's so unclear what that whole thing was. Yeah, I can only assume they will tell us, right? But... Or there will be more to that. But at the same time, I feel like it's kind of 50-50. Like, they could wrap it up here and be like, and that's why he hates them. 
And <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, but also they're literal murderers who are covering up the truth. We don't we don't know what's happening. I think I'm on Booyongju's side. He doesn't seem he seems unhinged a little bit. I feel like maybe that's our word of the year on this podcast uh-huh. is just calling out all the unhinged dudes in K-drama land. <laughs> He's a little Someone's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but like I don't get his backstory. But they're going to need to explain more of it. Yeah, and maybe explain more about the legal action he seeked out or I don't know. I just, it's so crazy to me, too, to think that there's not a single person who would tell the truth about, I don't know, maybe that's not that wild. People in real life do a lot of stuff to protect themselves and their families and whatever. But that said, that there's not a single nurse or doctor or person who touched the scheduling of that or was in the room or knew about it secondhand from through the gossip chain there's not a single person there's not there's not even a there's not even one single person that's willing to be like oh that's whack that is murder yeah so i guess it's more of a gray area than than just straight up murder we have to believe because it seems very wrong that every single person involved would just be like that's okay we tried and we failed it's like mm. No. Yeah, there were this like eight bad. people in that room. So. Yeah. So and what's then, going on? Spell it out for us. Please. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So maybe there's more to that. I am kind of disappointed about the introduction of a million new doctors. I kind of wanted to just like watch this hospital with only 2.5 doctors succeed. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I'm excited by it because it's pure drama and chaos, but I also do feel like we did not get enough time to ruminate on how poorly run things were with just the two and a half doctors. It was, we started with one and a half, and I don't know how they survived for as long as they did. But now we're at two and a half, and it seems like things are still going pretty poorly. But before we can even figure that out, we've got a million new doctors. Which also, can I say, the timeline of this show? Incredible. They're doing an amazing job of being like, a million things are happening all the time. And then Homeboy is like, you just left our hospital three days ago it's only been half a week and it feels like you've been gone a year and i was like has it has it really been like one week that he's been gone because i guess counting out the days yes but also with all the stuff that's happened how has it not been a year this is incredible there has that man slept at all has kong dong ju slept one wink since he got to Doldom hospital not since that time he slept on the bench in the reception room, I think, is the last. Oh, and then the little nap he decided to take just holding hands with Seo Yoon? Yoon So Jung. Yoon So Jung. Messed it up. I had to look at my notes. I have no idea what any of these people's names are. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to learn. Why am I like this every K-drama? I'm like, it's a new K-drama. <laughs> New me. And the new me is a worse version of me. <laughs> we have to get worse. It's our it's our play on K recipe for disaster. <laughs> Just like Doldum Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I don't remember what we were saying. Whoops. Uh, just about how how wild the first of all the timeline is completely wild. Second of all, I know, reasonably, I know 2.5 doctors for the amount of business they've done in three days, the amount of hospital business, the amount of patients they've had in three days. 2.5 doctors is simply not enough doctors. So I think it's the correct move to have, I don't know, seven new doctors come in, a couple surgeons, you know, just generally a bunch of doctors coming in. Uh... That said, I am disappointed. I just, 
I'm not ready for there to be more characters. I I am interested and have hope for the director's son. The Doim Bomb? Um, yeah. The one who, I feel like he's the elephant in the room of our whole podcast. We forgot to talk about him last episode. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've just kind of been circling around him this episode. It feels not, too late. Not one thing in the name. <laughs> No one talk about him. No one acknowledge him. Actually, Emily, cut this part out. <laughs> he's our he's our good boy. What if we call him Hui? It's our good boy Hui from My Country, The New Age. We God, just saw him. So long. <laughs> we just it's saw him. Been, it's been so long. It's been so long. It's been too long. And I'm so <laughs> glad he's back. And we have just completely ignored him for the past. <laughs> two episodes i love him so much i'm i am genuinely excited he's here i'm very interested in his character because he seems like a good opportunity to be to examine the flip side of the coming from opportunity where maybe his skill doesn't get acknowledged as much because he everyone will always say that he only he only got where he was because of who his father is Maybe. This is just absolute speculation based on the fact that I so far they have not made him out to be the most severely dislikable person. Yeah. He almost seems like a second male lead. Oh, gross. If there's a love triangle, we have to turn the K-drama off. <gasps> is there a love triangle? I... You have to tell me right now, otherwise it's entrapment. You can cut it out. I'll put, I'll put this timestamp in the... <laughs> notes too i won't cut it out i um there's it's more than a love triangle it's worse and i feel like you know that if you just really extrapolate like if you think this is the most dramatic show i've ever seen and it clearly is then just imagine all the chaos that's gonna ensue from doen bum and yun so jung when doen bum so clearly has an interest in the crazy whale and what she's all about and then she's like this beautiful young competent lady that's his that's his dream but also is it kind of his sister is it maybe his biological half sister we don't know there's hints of that storyline how that confusing i am horrified and <laughs> I don't want them to go down this road. I do not want them to. And then they also said, let's introduce this woman who uh, is going to now work at the hospital, who was starving and clearly has a crush on Dr. Kong, but then the yep. nurse has a crush on her. Yep. And then, uh, what? <laughs> no. No. I am so upset. We have to turn it off. We can't keep... I will crawl We're out of deep. my... I will crawl out of my skin. I will do no. it. We're in it. We're in it. This is the... It's not a love triangle. It's a love mess. I don't... There's so many people involved. But, okay. I don't remember much about Doan Bum, except for his beautiful face. I don't remember that storyline at all. I do remember the lady who starts working at the hospital, the homeless lady. She becomes one of my favorite characters. She's amazing. And I Dope. hope it's within the next three episodes that they start to reveal more about her. Because she's, yeah, she's great. I think you'll really like her, even though she has this little baby crush. Her big doe eyes are always watching Kong Dong Ju. And then Nurse Park is always watching her. And it's heartbreaking. I genuinely feel like they should have gone just completely overboard with every single woman entering the hospital and fawning over Nurse Park. I think that could have been a storyline that was completely believable and hilarious and adorable. And it's a missed opportunity with such a beautiful boy. Yeah, like little Ajumas who like go out of their way to ask him if he's had lunch and like and if he's single and they have a granddaughter that would that would love to meet him like yes. everyone trying to set him up on blind dates left and right missed opportunity missed opportunity like the only storyline they're giving him is him having a crush on a lady which is adorable i love that 
her having no idea he even exists, it's insane to me. Like, I get having eyes for Kong Nongju. He's a handsome boy. But mm-hmm. just not even recognizing this equally, if not more handsome man over here, I don't get it. You cannot convince me this is true. That's wild. That's wild. I can't... I'm just... I think I'm tired already. I think I'm just very, very sleepy already. (laughs) It's a good drama. I'm excited. When I'm watching it, I'm in it. I'm just so tired because they've created a love mess that they're going to nurture and raise up and allow to get everything sticky and gross and this is a hospital and it's supposed to be sanitary and that's just not (laughs) simply not going to happen and people are going to keep getting hit by trucks and needing surgery and i'm going to be so upset when they give literally any attention to this sticky gross love mess that they're spreading all over the place already i think that's fair i think i love a sticky gross love mist and i'm excited for all of that i'm sorry you're not but i think (laughs) one thing that i'm anticipating and i will be disappointed if it doesn't happen is the finale of a lot of storylines that they've started like the kitchen fire is a big one where i'm like are we ever going to know what happened to all that kitchen staff and If the one guy who was right in the center of the blast survived, what his life is going to be like later, do we get that finale? Do we get the finale of the bike riders maybe, like, forgiving the truck driver, seeing that storyline and what that looks like, or the truck driver being able to forgive himself ever? I just want so much more of that and so much less of love (laughs) i want both i i want it all i want both but i'm a broken person (laughs) but i feel like it's fair to think that this show is gonna give us love mess instead of story finales like a clean yeah resolution and it's fair to be like i i would rather have resolution please no more love Don't give me love, give me resolution. Which, yeah, I think we're both on the same page with that. So, we'll see. I'm grateful for my peanut butter memory, because there's nothing up here about what <laughs> happens with any of this this show. It's all new to me. I love it. I love these exciting plot twists that happen every 60 seconds because i have no idea what's coming it could be anything even though you've seen it before it could be anything yeah like the storyline with um kong dong ju opening up a patient and someone being like he had liver cancer where's that gonna go everybody seems like that's a crazy thing and then that slow unravel until we see kong dong ju facing his own ptsd i loved it I thought that was very cool. It took him a long time. Stressed me out. <laughs> I know it stressed you out. They it did. stressed all of us out. I want I want just a modicum more professionalism in this hospital, <laughs> I think is what I want. I think the main takeaway from this episode of the podcast and last episode of the podcast is this this whole hospital, this whole si- there is not a single character here that couldn't do with just a just a little a little touch more, a little, like, a little dropper more, maybe a good half cup, actually. Let's go with a good half cup of professionalism. <laughs> Y'all need a half cup of professionalism. See, but that's why I liked that one moment, because I do feel like they have a lot of those, a lot of those moments where doctors are just zoning out. Like, the very first scene of these three episodes with the burn patient, where Kong dong is just like, trying to explain to Dr. Kim what um, Yoon So-jung is doing there instead of focusing on the patient. I'm like, shut up, my guy. Tell him what the patient's status is and be like, okay, 
let's let's do this first. Let's figure this out first, and then we'll talk about Yoon So Jung when he's on the when he's on the helicopter. But then I feel like the surgery scene was really well done, where we had constant assurances from the nurse and the anesthesiologist, who we should also talk about before we finish, because he just appeared out of nowhere, and I am in love with his beautiful doe eyes. He can do no wrong. Um, the anesthesiologist and the nurse were constantly being like, we're good, we've got time, you can make this decision, take your time, we can see that you're struggling, just make a decision. It's going to be okay, take a few deep breaths, make a decision. It's We've got time, he's going to be okay, but please make a decision. It's like, I he's... think it was really well paced, whereas the other ones are usually like, Ignore the patient on the table who's dying and just get fully in Kong Dong-ju's head. But, like, instead of Kong Dong-ju thinking about, I don't know, politics of the workplace, he was actually dealing with PTSD and stress. And I thought that was really well played out and paced and an appropriate time to be like, this doctor is panicking, so the world is operating without him and he's fully in his own head but not of his own volition not of his choice it is out of his control right now i thought that was a good way to use that type of scene yeah to be honest i'll give it to the nurse and the anesthesiologist they've got the professionalism that everyone else needs they're yeah. holding it i'd say she, we'll give her like Three she has currently about three quarters cup professionalism. She's pretty much there. There are a couple of times where she makes her own judgment calls that maybe are like, uh, is this is this good for the for the for everyone at the hospital, or is this like, or is this how this is playing out in your head? And you're a very smart yeah. lady, so it probably will play out that way. But also like, mm. uh, but he's got the full cup. The anesthesiologist yeah. has the full cup. He's at the top. He's him and the director of the hospital. Those two dudes seem great. They seem fine. <laughs> Level-headed. I'm in love with both of them. Fully team director Yo and I don't know the doctor's name, anesthesiologist dude, who, yeah, I love. The kindest face that I've ever seen. I fully love them both. Yeah, I think I would be full team head nurse if she didn't yell so much, which is hard because I love that for her. And I'm I'm fully for the anesthesiologist being like, that's when she's hottest. That is, <laughs> she is absolutely sexy when she is in her power, when she controls a room. Like, sir, good for you for acknowledging. <laughs> um... But also, ma'am, this is a hospital and you can't be in the middle of the emergency room having a screaming match with a man-child of a guardian and be like, this is the time and place. If you want to scream at me, I'll scream at you. It's like, no, that's not how no. this should go down. Don't meet his energy where he said it. You set the tone. You control the room this time in a different way is what I would have liked to see. I would have liked to see her deliver the exact same lines. But stone cold. No yeah. yelling. No yelling, just, all right, call him right now. I, I want to talk to him, too. Put him, get him on the phone. Get the Minister of Health that you know on the phone right now. I need, I need to talk to him. It would have been so good. Like, yell at Dr. Kim all you want. He fully deserves it. Don't yell at this man-child. You're just disturbing the emergency room patients even more. Yeah. These people are... Not in great condition. No. <laughs> oh, so we're almost there. She's four and a half out of five stars. Cup yeah. almost full. <laughs> Everyone else. This feel. <laughs> now I'm just imagining one of those wedding style pyramid of of um, champagne flutes, and like. The people at the top, the director and the anesthesiologist, cups full. Everybody else, they've they've got some amount of liquid in their cups, but yeah. not just not quite as much. <laughs> some people could really, really, really use to be topped off. 
That's not even a sip for some of (laughs) y'all. Let's get it together. We've got so many more episodes to go. I'm, I'm excited for this. I feel like I just keep thinking of very specific scenes that we could break down, and I'm like, is that... Is that worth our time, or should we go back to <laughs> watching the show and let the, let our nice audience go? We'll let them go for now, but if there's something that y'all wanted to talk about, uh, shoot. It's a big promise to say we'll email you back, but if you want, if there's something we missed that you were like, best scene ever, and you didn't even talk about it, what? Uh, email us about it at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, because you guys, as Parker and Talk would say... We are the world, so let's bring this together. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. I don't know why I'm bringing those back. We're basically never on those. Don't find us there. Find us on our <laughs> website, playonk.com. I actually do take care of that. That's where all of our episodes hide, and it's also where we have affiliate links if you want to support us and support yourself. You can do so by signing up to Skillshare or Blueberry Podcast Hosting or NordVPN through the links on our website. The next thing we always like to mention is the absolutely freest way that you can support our podcast, which is rating and reviewing and subscribing and whatever combination of those things is allowed on the platform that you find us on. So wherever you're listening to us now, if you could do any one of those things, um... We, of course, especially appreciate the five-star ratings. It always feels so weird to call that out, but that is, like, the biggest deal. It's what we want. It's what we want. We're going to be vulnerable (laughs) with you. We just want five stars, please. Please The end of the day. Just throw us a a fiver. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much anywhere that you find us. Yeah, we also have a Patreon if you want to support our show monetarily it's patreon.com slash play on k or there's a button on our website and that's just a simple way to say hey i'm like i'm liking what you're doing and i want to support you and just keep going with your little podcast it's really fun we appreciate all of our patreon supporters we can't thank you enough thank you thank you thank you it means the world to us that we can keep doing this every week yeah it keeps our lights on it keeps our pod lights on our pod lights um i think that's it so join us next week for the next three episodes of dr romantic season one number one (laughs) okay bye okay bye